kid to the ghetto, the hearts of the ghetto, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. Turn up a notch for the city. Welcome to another week of Kicking Knowledge. It's your boy, DJ Loso, spinning the wheels of your mind faster than I can ever spin a record. And I'm here again for another week with my boy, Zay. How you doing this evening, brother? I'm great, man. You know, same thing, different day. Uh, trying to make it a little more each day. I'm trying to tell you, just trying to make it out here one day at a time as a black man in America. Because sometimes, boy, that shit is difficult. Uh, this evening, we're going to talk about uh, a couple different things um, from pop culture to how we living right now and just some tips uh, for how we can optimize our time and maximize our lives um, from a couple of different perspectives. So how I feel about today's topics is if you heard this shit before, you ain't heard this shit from us. So you might as well just sit back and just relax for a little bit. The first thing we want to do is uh, get into uh, a Twitter conversation uh, that my boy Zay had uh, about our show last week. I don't know uh, when you're going to be listening to this, how far back it's going to be, but it was uh, the show where we were talking about uh, maximizing our time. Um, you gave the advice of waking up, uh, I think you wake up at 5.30? Uh, 4.30. 4.30 uh, to get a couple extra hours out of your day. So go ahead and give us the backstory. Yeah, man. So last week we were talking about waking up at 4.30 and maximizing your time, right? So I tweeted it because uh, i just been dropping content on the Twitter so far until we released this first episode. Um, so... I tweeted by, uh, let's say the average person wakes up at 7 a.m. every day, but waking up at 5 a.m., you get two hours extra each day, 14 hours extra a week, and 728 extra hours a year, which translates to 30 days. So then somebody else tweeted back, if you wake up two hours earlier in the day, the only way to sustain it is to go to sleep two hours earlier at night so it doesn't add up. So then I asked them, I said, how do you budget your time? Uh, that's what it's all about. And I said, I'm able to get more done with my time now that I wake up two hours before, uh, or two hours earlier than I was waking up before. And so they just said they budget their time well, but there's no way, there's no way to create more time. So obviously I couldn't keep, the, I couldn't keep going back and forth with the person on Twitter, but it, did, it definitely did rub me kind of uh, the wrong way. What do you think about it? I think that um, when you approach it from the, the lens of, yeah, creating time is a myth. You can't create more time. Like, nothing um, can help you make more hours in the day. I don't think that's what you were saying, though. I think the point of, of those numbers is that if you maximize your time, right, mm -hmm. if you wake up at 5.30 and you lay around and you on Facebook or you on Instagram and you just scroll in and click in and you, you just waste an hour. Like, there was no reason for you to wake, be up. You could be asleep. Um, but if you're up and you're working, either mentally or physically going to the gym working out, um, if you're doing something productive, that is essentially adding another hour of productivity to your day. Now, necessarily, again, we can't add another hour to 24, uh, but if that's another hour that you can add to you being moving toward a goal, actively moving towards mm -hmm. something um, that is important to you, whether it be uh, you and your nonprofit, uh, me when I get to school an hour and a half early uh, to kind of get in the mindset of teaching and, and kind of look over my, my lesson for the day, I think that's kind of where that additional hour comes into play. Um, I don't, I think the adding up of sleep is one thing, but I think we all know that eight hours is not really what everybody gets anymore. Right, and yeah. like most doctors will tell you now, eight hours isn't necessarily what you need. You need about right. five to seven, right? So if you're going to bed about 9.30, which is what, I, what time I get to bed, right? And I teach 
all day. And that's a, I'm not going to say it's the hardest job in the world, but it's a pretty, pretty taxing job physically. Yeah. Um, and if I can get to bed at 9 o'clock and then get up at 4.30, 5 o'clock, um, I think that for me, if I didn't do that, I don't think I would be quite as efficient in my day. Um, and, and it's just interesting how just looking at a question differently produces a whole different answer. Like, it's a thing of, hey, you can't create more time. Yeah, guy, you're right. Right. But that ain't what we were saying. You were saying that maybe use that extra hour, hour and a half to do something uh, mm-hmm. productive, right? Do something that is building towards an overall end goal. Right. Because it's like, really, so say I didn't have to go coach track after work or uh, go study for my personal training certification after work after track. Um, but I still got up at 4.30 every day and worked out and then went to work. Now, after work, I don't have to go work out anymore. That's two extra hours that I get to do whatever else I need to do. And then two extra hours after that to get whatever else I need to do. So it's not that I'm taking, it's not that I'm creating 25 hours, it's I'm taking time back. Whereas I could have been asleep and right after work going to the gym and now I'm two extra two extra hours late and then when I get home, what am I gonna do then? You know? Just Besides get ready for bed. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, it's, re- it's reclaim the time. Like you said, like that is a very great, I think that's the best way to look at it. Not creating, I'm reclaiming. Like yeah. this is my time. Like like they say, everybody get the same 24. Right. So this is what I'm doing with my 24. Exactly. And it's just a recommendation. I feel like you get the same 24. Um, however, I also understand if some people can't. Like some people need them seven, eight hours of sleep. Right. Um, I think finding that time throughout your day is also good advice because I think that. We have a lot of screen time as adults. I think we, mm-hmm. we, we talk about the children a lot, but adults are on their phone quite a bit, too. I went to um, a, a funeral uh, the, this past week, and there were a lot of adults on their phones. And like that was very surprising to me. Because I'm like, this is one of those occasions where I don't feel like you should be on your phone. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even a, a, a super churchy person, and I feel like, in this situation, put the damn phone away. Like right. it's, it's, whatever it is, is not that important than what's going on here right now. Um, and my my uh, my AP actually um, said something. Uh, he stopped me the other day, and he was like, "Or were you okay at the funeral? Because you know you just kind of looked." And I'm like, "Like yes. Like we were at a funeral. Like I don't understand why no one else was like there and present. Like mm-hmm. I don't. I, like it's actually scary that we're becoming that disconnected. That even that like an event like that." And I know we talked on another show about like death being just one of those things, but it's like when it happens, though, yeah, you got to have a little bit of respect for the dead. And I talk a lot of shit. I talk a whole lot, but I know enough to like know that that's that's like sacred. That's sacred ground. Um, so I think that like if we as adults can like find just time in our day, like get off the damn phone, do something. Yeah. Like, or using like like uh, you gave me the idea of using that app. Um, and I and while I have been using the um. The any do. Yeah, any do. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been using it as effective. I think I need to set, like, um, the notifications to tell me exactly what it is I need to be doing. Yeah. Instead of telling me, hey, you got a couple things you need to you know. Like, tell me what, hey, you need to be doing this. Right, right. Uh, I use it more efficiently. Uh, but it's a good tool to have. Like, it's, all, it's like constant pressure on me. Hey. Yeah. See, my any do, it literally tells me 4.30, get up. 4.30 or 4 or 5.10, leave the house. Uh... Five or six thirty, 
you work on, get to work and work on a certain thing. You know what I mean? Like my any do is so specific that it really just allows me to get time. And it's, it gets so annoying that if I do have something that I miss that day, that it's going to get done because it's going to keep sending me that same reminder. You know what I mean? So it's like, it wasn't, we wasn't saying, we weren't saying add 25 hours to your day. We were saying reclaim your time and maximize it. Be specific on what you do. Selfish moment, I got to ask, like, how uh, far apart do you set the reminder? So if, it skip, if, if the app skips something, um, how long before it tells you that you need to do it again? It'll tell me the next day. Um, so I usually try to set my, I usually try to think about how long, like if I'm studying and then I'm going to work on my certification or my, uh, per, on my nonprofit, then I'll set the time for like an hour in between. And then if I don't do it, that if I don't get to it that day, like I don't mark it off on my any do, it'll tell me the next day uh, that I need to do it at that same time for that day. So how does it like, how uncomfortable is that like to skip something and then the next day is like, hey, remember you didn't do this thing that you were supposed to do yesterday? Man, it's super uncomfortable. So, so for me, period, I'm not the person, like I have a real creative mind, you know what I mean? So like my mind is always running. It's never, I've never been the type to be like, you have to do this at this time, do this at this time, have a night routine, a morning routine. Like all of this is new to me. So like for me, it's, it's, super, it's super uncomfortable because it's something, it's not the way my mind works. My mind doesn't work as, I don't want to say as efficiently, but it doesn't work as, what's the word I'm looking for, um, step by step like that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's all stepping out of my, comfort, my comfortability zone. And I think that is a perfect segue into our next um, segment for tonight of you know getting out of your comfort zone and what that looks like and how that feels. Um, and I'm just thinking about uh, next year as I transition from my current position at my school to a, a new school. Um, it's a Catholic school. Um, and <laughs> um, because my thoughts are my own, um, and I have a boss that Googles things, uh, I, I don't want to say the actual name. Uh, but it's going to be a challenge because I haven't been that involved in the church in a while. Um, and they have like mass at the end of the day on Friday. Um, it's Jesus on crosses all in the hallways. And that's new for me. Like I'm used to graffiti on walls and like yeah. lean on me, and that's where I like thrive. I love that. Like that's that's where I got into teaching. Um, but this place, I'm going here for my mental my mental health. Um, at this point, um, I just haven't been getting the support that I've needed in the four years that I've been in the positions that I've been in in the, the underserved uh, schools that I've been in. Um, and as somebody who has bipolar disorder, it's just really not the best place to be when you're not in a and when you're not in the best place you can be it's not the best place to be yeah uh, so i need to change the scenery with the same uh, demographic still title one but somehow a private school which is one of the things um and i think like all of those things are like gonna be big steps for me out of my comfort zone because I'm used to things being one type of way, and it's now going to be a complete change. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see the adaptation that's comfortable, uh, that, that not, is not comfortable, uh, the adaptation that has to happen in order to be comfortable. Um, and I think that that in itself is going to also push me to create more, more opportunities to optimize my time, like really digging in and making sure that I'm planned up, that 
everything is sequenced correctly, that everything has a goal at the end because I haven't always had that. And to have that type of a structure, one, I need that right now, but at the same time, it's going to be an adjustment. And I think that's really what life is about, right? Adjustments. Mm -hmm. I mean, once you can figure out that that sweet spot, and then from there, just duck and dodge when you need to. Yeah. You make it. Like you, you somehow seem to make it through. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I th- it's like you said, too, for people with um, any type of disorder or just into any type of mental health issues. Like, for instance, as black males, we have a lot of mental health issues that we don't deal with. But one of the, one of the key ways to train your mind or to overcome uh, mental health issues is to step out of your comfort zone. So like this, this is a necessary step to take, especially as teachers, man. Like it's, it's we go through we go through dealing with uh, kids' problems, dealing with parents' problems, dealing with school, dealing with our own problems. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to find. That's what really made me start working more efficiently and getting out of my comfortable comfort zone because I had to for my own mental health. It's almost like you can't even like worry about your own stuff because everybody else is going through something. Right. Um. In in like it's so difficult like to be completely transparent to like the the, the worst the, the hardest part about this job to me is there is a lot riding on what we do and like I know a lot of people conflate what they do at work is kind of saving the world well I'm not saving the world but we have we're not in a position to save the world but we're in a position to really really screw things up mm-hmm. like to really mess things up for a long, long time for somebody. And that is the scariest thing to me that I, I like, I'm going to say something or, or do something to adversely affect somebody's whole like childhood. Cause I like my kids are like uh, uh, 12th grade. Right. Or, uh, and, and, and freshmen. So like in high school, we remember our high school teachers. Mm-hmm. Like I've asked you to name five teachers right now. I'm willing to bet. At least three out of the five are going to be your high school teachers, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm going to exclude college, right? Because most people that graduated love their professors. Yeah. Most people that didn't graduate love their professors. So there's something about college that there just needs to be cool people up there at the top. But K through 12, top five teachers, most people are going to go three out of five, uh, definitely high school. So the other part of that is if I ask you about the, like the worst teachers you can remember, a lot of people are gonna say high school yeah. teachers. <laughs> so you don't want to be on the other end of that spectrum because those things have ripple effects. That oh, the funny thing about life, right? That you can do something that affects somebody for years to come. I think that's the craziest part about life. Like you, like a lot of people go through life forgetting that part. That yeah, we're kind of just like specks on dust on the rock, just floating around. But at the same time, like when you interact with other human beings. You have an opportunity to affect somebody in a way that's going to like affect them later on, mm-hmm. and like that's something that we really don't take advantage of en- uh, enough in a positive light. Like people say all the time, like a smile go a long way, or like a how you doing, like a, yeah. like a legitimate how you doing, and like letting somebody sit and explain for a little bit, and, like being invested. Mm-hmm. Like th- those type of gestures, I feel like go a long way, and that type of shit gets people out of the comfort zone. I feel like yeah, definitely. Uh-oh. So what what other type of things do you feel like get people out of that box that they're used to, you know? And, and a society that likes to believe that they don't put themselves in boxes, 
it's funny. We still put ourselves in boxes. So how yeah. do you get like, how do you feel like people should get out of that 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 uh, section? Uh, I feel like people should constantly learn. So like I tell my I tell my students they like man I don't they they associate knowledge with school, um, and so they like well if I don't, I don't need it I'm tired of or is this a grade is this a grade da, da, da. I'm like man does it matter I'm like you learning something like learn, um, but I think constantly learning is getting people out of their comfort zone. So every every time I got out of my comfort zone, I learned something new. When I when I started when I was going really hard with Black History, you know when everybody first learned about their history they go super super hard. I learned something new. Um, when I started waking up at 5.30 and then worked my way down to 4.30, I learned something new about the, how, the, how the richest people gain wealth. How, how did you do that, like that particularly? Like what, what did you have to do to really start training your body to get up that early and still be productive throughout the whole day? Man, it was really, I just kept, like everything I learned, I tried something new. So I got out of my comfortable zone. Like when, usually when I woke up, I wake up and go straight to social media and scroll for a little while. And then I was like, man, I'm not being productive. Let me just try to, let me scroll for like 10 minutes. So I broke it down into like different increments. So it's kind of like weight building, right? Like when you work out, you, you're not just gonna go throw two, 235 pounds on. You're gonna start with 135. And then you're gonna wake your, work your way up to 205. Then you're gonna work your way up to 225 um, until you get to that, to the point where you could throw up 235. So it's like, I kind of just broke it down into different increments. And whatever worked for me, worked for me. Um, but breaking it down like that was work. And it was the repetition, right? The repetition yeah, constant repetition. 21 days to make a habit. And I'm on like day 19, you know what I mean? So it's almost there. So it's, it's also finding intrinsic motivation. Well, so what was the, the motivation really to get you to continuously do something like that particular skill of, all right, we're going 10 minutes today. Yeah, because like, I, I personally believe, um, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I, sports, mm-hmm. right? It's the, it was the same thing what Coach said. You like, if you run these sprints correctly, if we can do this thing at a high level for an extended period of time, we won't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. If we can wake up at 5.30 and just scroll for five minutes and get what we need, now we can get ghosts. We can go do what we need to do, right? We start with the 15, and then we scale back. Like, and I think that's why I love sports so much. Like, sports taught me personally skills, uh, particularly the skill of repetition and mm-hmm. consistently having to do something. Like you said, at 21 days don't sound like a lot. Right. When people are like, eh, 21 days, work days, you know, when you're waiting on something, like a package or something. Like, to continuously do the same thing for 21 days, especially today when our attention spans are about the size of a gnat. Mm-hmm. That is a skill that I feel like not enough people have, and I feel like more, if more people had it, um, there'd be a lot more competition in the world. Yeah, and then, and then like speaking of getting out of your comfort zone, people have to get out of their comfort zone with failure. So like throughout this time, throughout these 19 days, I have failed. My night routine was off. So I didn't pack my bag the night before. Didn't have my lunch ready. Didn't have my breakfast ready. Woke up at 4.30 and didn't leave the house till 5 something and still trying to make it to work by 6.40. I didn't go to work. I didn't go work out. You know what I mean? So it's like getting out of your comfort zone also has to come with getting out of your comfort zone with accepting that you're going to fail and that you have to keep trying even though you're going to fail. And I feel like people don't accept failure. And so that's when people give up. So did you reset, did you reset the clock um, when you uh, would miss a day? Uh, I didn't count that day. 
but I didn't I didn't reset the clock. I just didn't count that day. All right, so like how many days in general do you think? Like you said 19. I'm thinking 19 consistent days. So counting the days off, how many? Counting the days off, I'm at 19. Okay. So if I if I was to count the days that if I had reset, then I wouldn't be at 19. But if I count the days that that I'm off, I'm at 19. Cause I don't, I don't, I didn't get up at 4:30 on the weekend. I'm still trying to get myself to that point, but that's a whole different goal. I, you gotta set many goals. <laughs> like if you just, if you just try to go all out, you're gonna burn out. And I'm like, I can't afford, I can't afford to burn out. True. Cause I'm, my motivation is one myself, I'm my competition, but two, the people around me. That's fair. I understand that. Like you can't, you can't compete if you ain't in here. Right. Like right. Like if you gone, uh, competition stop for you. Like, right. You lost. Uh, uh, and. I think I I want to move to another semi-serious conversation, but I think at this point we've been pretty pretty deep on this one, um, and I want to get into some 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 uh, get some hood rest shit with my friend. Um, <laughs> so let's let's get into some uh, a couple of pop culture things. Uh, what do you think about? <laughs> let's start with Gucci. I was gonna start with Cap, and I'm gonna end <laughs> with Cap. Let's start with Gucci. Um, Gucci. <laughs> How did you feel about that? That sweater, what did you think? Because a lot of people said that sweater wasn't racist, you know. My boy, my problematic fave, uh, Money Mayweather. Uh, <laughs> my super problematic fave. Um, like that letter that 50 Cent, like if y'all ain't seen the Instagram post, 50 yeah, Cent put yeah. that letter up. Like y'all need to go see that. That shit is hilarious. Um, he said that Gucci didn't, he don't believe that it was racist. Kodak Black, a Florida boy said that he doesn't believe that Gucci Man was uh, not Gucci Man. Uh, my fault. Uh, how dare I talk about the trap? Guy? Come on like, now. Uh, he doesn't believe that Gucci was res- was trying to be racist. He says he believes black people uh, reach a lot. Um, yeah, black people reach on the table for a little respect every every now and then a lot. But I don't know about his reaching on this one. And my my thing, you go first, bro. <laughs> you go first because me and blackface have a complicated, complex relationship? <laughs> uh, what I think about it? I think that me personally, I never, I can't boycott Gucci because I can't buy Gucci. <laughs> but, but, Big facts. <laughs> but, Big um, facts. I'm so, already boycotting this shit. <laughs> to this day. Right, I'm like, I'm already good because I can't even afford Gucci anyway. To this so day. it's like, so for me personally, and if I could afford it, I honestly don't think I'll buy it just because I'm not a material. I'm a simple man. So, like, I don't think I'll, I can't see myself spending $3,000 on a bag for what? Walmart shirts feel just as comfortable as anything <laughs> you're selling in that I mean, I might go to H&M. I'm still, I'm still a little more bougie than Walmart, but. <laughs> uh, that, that, uh, that ape shirt got me out of H&M. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel that. I should have um, some white stories too, some Gap. But. Old Navy. <laughs> as far as the Gucci, the, the turtleneck ski mask, um, I think that they knew what they were doing. Uh, I don't think they. I didn't think they knew. I don't. I think they knew that it was going to draw publicity. And like I seen that somewhere that like a lot of these companies have like up these type of sensational clothing, um, in in order to like boost sales. Like uh, they brought up H and M. Somebody had like a blackface jacket. I can't remember the company. And this is my thing, though. I feel like at this point, 2019, white people should know several things about black people. But but these these two these two things, you never ever 
ever, 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 not even if there's a fire, compare a black person in any way, shape, or form to an ape or any animal in particular, but particularly apes, and no blackface. Right. No blackface. And I say I have a complicated relationship because I enjoy the Lethal Weapon 6 episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And if anybody's seen this episode, it's Mac and uh, Dennis arguing about what a sequel to Lethal Weapon would look like. And then they um, make their own sequel to Lethal Weapon. And they're trying to, they have an argument of whether Danny Glover's character should be played with a white guy using a quote-unquote black voice or whether that was racist and instead to do Danny Glover's part justice, they should dress it in a black like face, like a black suit costume in order to play Danny Glover. And I find that hilarious. I think that's satire. People may crucify me. Yes, I am trash. However, I think that episode is hilarious and you can judge me all you want. I don't think that sweater was hilarious. I don't think, um, Blackface in general, in real life, non-ironically. Because I don't think these people are being ironic. I think these people are like, that's, this is what black people are like, the Kaepernick folks that dress up as Kaepernick. They think that's what he looks like. They think that's funny. Uh, that's not funny. Um, Gucci did this and then put it on a white model. Like, <laughs> the optics, if nothing else, I feel like as a company that makes all that money, you make enough money and pay enough people to know that this doesn't look good. Like I feel like it's, it's, it's enough people making enough money to go, hey boss, don't 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 put that up there. Um, that that looks terrible. <laughs> and if there aren't, y'all need to find people. I am not looking for a job right now, but when I retire from teaching, I, I um, if you guys are still running blackface clothing, I am available. I have a media degree. I can help you out every time y'all. Think about an idea. I'll be that guy in the room that goes, mm-mm, that's racist. Um, I feel like all companies should have that, that guy. The guy to go just sit, sit in the room and go, mm-mm, that's <laughs> racist. Um, speaking of mm-mm, that's racist. Um, black people get deported. <laughs> uh, black 21. People, what black people real life out here getting targeted and deported. And by black people, I'm talking about. 21 Savage. 21. 21 out here. British and shit. (laughs) I cannot tell you how surprised I was when I watched uh, his interview. I forget the morning show. I think it was Good Morning America. Could be lying. But I think I seen Michael Strahan before they cut 21 Savage. And I think he's on Good Morning America. Um, And he was just like, yeah, man. We moved over here when I was seven. I'm like, Damn, bro. Because <laughs> he's our age. 21 yeah. is not 30 years old. 21 is 25, I think, 26 yeah, years old. Like that. You've been, like, you was over there for a good minute <laughs> um, before you moved over here and you started this whole new life. Another thing, like uh, me and Zay was talking earlier. Man, that's 14 felonies? Yeah. Like, how, how did they not catch them then? Bro, they, in Arizona, they pulling immigrants over because they're brown and saying, hey, show me your papers. Right. And they just let this nigga commit 14 felonies. Right, <laughs> like, man. I, I will break the law a whole bunch. <laughs> and now, uh, like you said, he, he, he dropped um, that amazing album. Like, if you yeah. have not heard, um, I was at knowledge. It's a great album. Yeah. Um, and now, oh, 
yeah, 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 yeah. We we know he's an immigrant. As soon as you start spitting knowledge, that's when they want to come and get him. Talking about here, immigrant. I'm like, you you gonna let this man get away with 14 things? This nigga terrorizing the hood. <laughs> they ain't worried about him then. He terrorizing black folks in this mug. And they like, all right, we just gonna let him do what he gonna do. You know? I man, they have always taken... I'm not saying he's like... Like we were talking earlier and I said political leader, but I'm not saying he's a political leader, but he's an influencer for sure. Oh, yes. And People then when he, starts, when he starts saying things, like when he starts teaching... Um, Rap artists, how to save and make more money, etc. Now he's now he's an immigrant. Now ice is coming at his door. Listen, I remember, Come on. T- skirt, skirt. I remember that was the first Twenty One Savage video I had ever seen before. I seen that shit on World Star, and I was like, "This is fire! Like, <laughs> this nigga out here, they in the street. It's just a crowd of niggas just out here throwing gang signs, going skirt, skirt, and that's the whole video. And like Savage Flow was like raw at the time, but I knew I was like, if Buddy make one hit, it's a rap. If he can get one song to top the charts, it's a rap. Mm-hmm. And boom, bank account blew up. Bank account. It's an album was lit. I love that album. Mm-hmm. This nigga go to Hollywood, he meet the right people. And it's, it's a rap. And like to see him going from that to this and then, bow, he's an immigrant. Like, <laughs> I, I know some immigrants. I don't know too many immigrants shooting videos with guns and right. strippers. <laughs> and like, if he an immigrant, one thing I know, he may not have been the smartest student. He says so in his raps. Might not have been the best student. But people know the law. <laughs> People know laws like that, and I don't think he not even knew he knew he could get sent back over to a place he never been. But he knew there was a chance at some point people would go, "You ain't even from here, is you?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Twenty one, man. And like, I mean, he, he he's lucky though. Jay Z is a good friend to have. Jay Z is paying for his lawyer. Yeah, and uh, anything Jay Z pay for, you good? Cause you know you, he going, he ain't getting uh, the buddy with fifty. Uh, cases every day just piling up. He getting buddy. I'm focused on you. Right, that one case that's gonna <laughs> set him up real nice, and he gonna that's gonna be his only focus. I'm trying to tell you, you finna be my vacation for the next four years. <laughs> like, uh, so shout out to Jay for that, man. Um, no, nah, for real. People be people be people sleep gotta, on Jay. Jay do a lot. Yeah, I was Jay saying, and Beyonce do a lot. Um, like they was a uh, couple years ago, they was bailing out the Ferguson protesters. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't say a thing. Right, just. Doing stuff out the kindness of their heart with their deep ass pockets. Um, so shout out to them for just holding it down for the community, man. You know, for niggas, sure. niggas, and niggas love saying Jay Z and Illuminati and and doing all this stuff and worshiping the devil. Uh, I used to be one of them too, and I'm just like, nah, <laughs> I, I mean, his growth, his growth, his growth has been crazy, and it has to be recognized. You have to recognize people's growth for sure. Mm-hmm. He can't always be a hater. He he stabbed his brother. That's some shit for another show though. Um, I think uh, we're going to end tonight uh, talking about Cap um, and specifically what boycotting the NFL looks like, what supporting Cap looks like, Um, because uh, Zay is a boycott. He has not watched the NFL. Um, I am weak, and and I love football a whole lot. Um, So I've been watching, and plus I'm a Rams fan, but we'll get into that during my part. (laughs) Uh, so say like, when did you stop watching? Why did you stop watching? What do you think about Cap winning a settlement? Oh um, well, one I always like college football more, even though I know college football, the NCAA is just as bad. But 
Um, so it wasn't really that hard for me to stop watching. But, like, as soon as he did not sign with a team, as soon as Cap did not sign with a team, I was like, I'm not watching the NFL. I won't even watch the one game. Um, so I didn't until recently I watched the one game. Um, but it was, it was weird because I'm like, I'm a Saints fan, and now the Saints is doing really well. And I was like, dang, I can't even say nothing because, one, I'm not watching them. Two, I don't know what's going on. So it's like, but, I mean, it's all good, though, um, because now Cap about to get his money. Yes. Um, and the reports I was reading was like, is it might be, and I mean, of course, it's conflated. They like, it's a chance it's not a hundred million dollars, right? Uh, but like me and my my buddy was talking in our group chat. For the NFL to settle, they knew there was something somewhere that could have won him this case. So they were like, "Nah, we ain't even to do that. Here's some money. <laughs> Leave us alone." Um, he's still probably not gonna play in the league, and that's like the worst thing to me. Like, I'm glad Cap won this. But honestly, what I really want to see is I want to see Cap in somebody's jersey. Just like they gave Vic another chance. I want to see him in somebody's jersey winning something for somebody. Um, and it's never going to happen. Not in the NFL. Uh, not, not with this case getting settled. Um, but honestly, I don't want to also say never say never. Because white people were really mad at Michael Vick. Yeah, they were mad White people were very – and I say white people were upset because, listen, white listeners – Black people were not upset at Michael <laughs> Vick for them dogs. No, and I'm going to speak on behalf of all black weren't. people. We were not upset about Toto. It was a lot of black people that weren't upset. <laughs> um, we were actually fairly confused on how this nigga went to the federal penitentiary for some damn dogs. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you guys were very upset about Michael Vick. And he, he went to two teams after he got out of prison. Um and lit it up for the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I remember that six-touchdown game. Like, that was wild when he brought them back against the Giants. Um, and I don't see Cap getting that same shot. And it sucks because he, he still got he's, – he's just – this is what I tell people. Me and Trina were talking earlier, uh, my fiance. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl off the same thing that got the Rams to the Super Bowl. And I'm a Rams fan. Mm-hmm. And I played against Nikhil Roby in high school. He played with Frostproof. Shout out Polk County. Um, that was a, a PI call. Like, bad. He ain't turned around. He ain't see the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was helmet to helmet. There was a lot of stuff going on in that play. And you rewind back to the San Francisco Baltimore Super Bowl. It's PI right there in the middle of the end zone. You give Cap one more play. 49ers win. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Mm-hmm. One play away, one no call away. Like, it's not even one play. It's not like he threw the ball and somebody dropped shit. He just, a no call. It was never about his skill, though, because it was a lot of quarterbacks that were worse than Cap still in the league. I'm just going to call names. Brandon Whedon, Blake Bortles, Mark Sanchez, uh, Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Brian Tannehill. I can keep going. Josh Johnson, I can keep going. All of y'all have jobs. And I understand. Before anybody jump in any comments going, they better than you. Yeah, they are better than me. I'm saying compared to the competition that they playing against, them boys is trash. Fight me. I at your mama. Um, They trash. So we're not comparing them to me. I stopped playing football a long time ago. And I was only good enough for D3 ball. So um, them boys getting paid millions of dollars to go up there and suck. And I'm just saying. If if Broncos want to win six games, they could have done that with Cap. 
if the Redskins wanted to win just one of their last, what, uh, four, Josh Johnson started, um, they could have done that with Cap. If Jackson, if uh, Jacksonville wanted to stink it up this year, they could have done that with Cap. If Miami wanted to not make the playoffs, you could have done that with a better quarterback to set you up for the future. But you didn't. You did it with some trash and all y'all trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Eh, but, you know, that's one of them things, man. Um, final thoughts. What you want to leave the people with for the week? Uh, just make sure, man. Just be just going back to getting out of your comfortability zone. Uh, just get out of your comfortability zone. Whatever you feel like you want to do, do it. Don't worry about what the next consequence is going to be. Don't worry about um, whether it'll give you five hours extra a day, two hours extra a day. Just try it. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. Don't worry about failure. Uh, just try. And failure will come. Success will come, too. That's all I want to leave people with. And I just want to leave you with this. I want, I want to leave you with this idea, the idea that I read in a book once um, called As a Man Thinketh. What we put into our minds, we put into the, into, into the universe, that stuff manifests itself. So if you can do anything for me in this next week, I want you to manifest good things. I want you to manifest the best possible vision for yourself and your situation, and I want you to go out there and go get it. Uh, because I was listening to an Eric Thomas uh Sermon. I want to say they sermons, man. Um, and and he, he said, I, I'm coming for everything uh, that I deserve in abundance. Um, and I think that's the word, you know, for uh, this week and beyond. And I'm coming for everything that I deserve. And, and, that's, and there's a difference between what I want and what I deserve. Because sometimes you don't know that you deserve more than the things that you want. And I think that's what we need to get to. Not what we want. What do you deserve? In life, and let's go out there and get it, man. Let's go be mm-hmm. great. Um, and I want to end this week with my song choice um, from Wiz's uh, and Currency's joint album. Took me way back. Uh, but before before we close out, you know, follow us on Twitter, uh, Kicking Knowledge at K I C K I N G K N O W L E D one. Yes, sir. And of course, you gonna be able to follow that uh, Facebook page as well at kicking knowledge kick it as it's at kicking knowledge um man show us some love um we do talk back as a buddy that question can you create more time found out uh we ain't gonna just sit here um and not reach out to folks that are willing to give our opinions their opinions mm-hmm. because at the end of the day that's all the social media shit is man it's a whole lot of people that think they're important and while we ain't shit yet we trying to get the um, and at the same time, trying to get you there. Right. Uh, shit. So let's all get there together. Uh, y'all be blessed. Again, we're ending with uh, No Clout Chasing from Wiz and Currency's joint album 2009. Y'all be blessed. Have a great week. Someone I'm supposed to go, someone I'm supposed to stay. I ain't trying to ruin yours, I'm trying to make a way, yeah. I'll be at the top.